Hello. Hello. Hi, can you hear me okay? It's perfect. Absolutely fantastic. Oh, great. <laughs> okay, great. I'll look at you. All right. <laughs> I got to look at the guy. I got to remember this is a whole new setup for me. <laughs> but I can see you great. You can see me and hear me and I can hear you. Great. So, How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. It's it's a it's a pleasure to have you on the on the podcast. Thank you for coming. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. <laughs> it's um uh, where, where are you at? Where, where are you? Where are you? What part of the states are you from as a whole? St. Louis, Missouri, in the Midwest. Ah, okay. And you're in London. Are you in London or are you outside London? Uh, born and bred Londoner from Wimbledon, Wimbledon tennis. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and you perform a lot, right? Do you perform a lot at clubs? Uh, I do a fair amount here and there. Uh, but yeah, I do, I do load, loads of different things. Yeah. That's what you have to do in this climate. You got to do lots of different things <laughs> it's, it's, to make any money these days. It's, be, it's been quite challenging, like um, doing gigs. It's It just feels so awkward doing gigs in your room. It's just... <laughs> I know, I know. It's, uh, it's, it's really scary out there. <laughs> It's um how how you, how do you find how are you finding it all with what you? It's so scary, but you know, I, if it weren't for all the horror going on around me, you know, with all the hospitalizations and the, and the virus, I would be really happy because my son is here; he's working remotely, and my husband is here working remotely, so they're both here all the time, and it's really nice. So there, to me, for me, there's a silver lining. Yeah, there's a lot more family time and a lot of relatives right. catching up. You know, people say, "Oh, I'm busy. I'm doing this." Now we're all all together, right? Yeah. yeah, but you're probably out and about. You're probably used to being out and about all the time, so that's got to be hard for you. Uh, it has been hard, but in some ways, it's been it's been good to sort of think about things. And like to re reassess yourself, see where you're going wrong. Um, yeah, and it's a good, it's a lot, a lot of time to spend reading, <laughs> read lots of books. Right, and I noticed that in the UK, a lot of places have opened up now, so now you can go to the pubs and barbershops and that sort of thing. Right now. Yeah, it. It's. A, I had a haircut, and it was basically. I looked a bit like a carpet, so it was good to finally uh. sort that out. I know. <laughs> I did too. Yeah. <laughs> My son. Yeah. You couldn't wait. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's quite, um, so you, it's quite remarkable what you do, like in terms of you give lots of advice and like you always give sort of practical, you don't give um, sort of too much wishy-washy sort of advice on your channel. You're very sort of practical with your advice. Right. Like. I like to think of it as mom advice because I'm a mom. So it's more like mom. And even though I'm certified as a life coach, it's more mom advice as a mother would give anyone. <laughs> <laughs> and I noticed that you wrote a book where it was called How to Deal with Insults and a while ago. And I, I found that quite interesting because I'm studied. Um, I stumbled across this thing called verbal judo. Oh, okay. I'm not. What? I've never heard of that. It's so. I've been looking across. I'm doing a bit of research on like frame controls and all that, and I stumbled across, and it's effectively 
so if someone gives you an insult or they say, oh, you have a terrible shirt or something, you say, oh, thanks, man. Or someone says, what are you looking at? Yeah. Saying, I'm looking at you, I'm looking at your key ring. Where did you buy it from? Yeah, kill them with kindness. Right, because that's what they don't expect from you. They expect you to get defensive. Say, oh, I, I, and they get all upset. But if you are nice back to them, then they're totally thrown off guard. And they don't know what to expect, and it's not what they want. They want to bring you down, and they're not accomplishing that. So, yeah, I like that. <sighs> How did you sort of – What I mean, it sounds like you had quite a bit of a journey to get to where – to get to this for. I think you, you stumbled across it, I presume. Yes, yes, um, 10 years ago. Right. Well, my – my audience, I find, is my son's age, and he's um, 25 now. And so I would give him advice, and he would say, you know what? If you have something interesting to say, you should just say it on YouTube. And at that time, I just thought <laughs> YouTube you know, was for cute pet tricks and comedians like yourself. And I, I thought, where would I fit in? And then I found a little niche on YouTube, and I started to talk, and then I got my... Um, life coach certification and then it went from there and i kept going and so i find that i have my viewers are all ages but primarily mid 20s to mid 30s but then i have a scattering of everyone so it's really great because i think people of all ages can relate to basic advice about how to deal with difficult people and tricky social situations and friendships that are going downhill maybe. Well, one thing I find when I get into issues with my friends or when I'm chatting to people, it's very easy to see their situation, what they need to change. But when you're in that situation, I find it hard to see what the issue is. <laughs> I know, I know. And you think, what do I, what did I do wrong? And then your friend maybe is upset and they're not talking about it and then they blow up over something really little because it's still bothering them whatever it was that you did that you don't even realize you did or said so that's why i always say just get it out in the open right away talk about it and i think people don't they just blow over whatever the issue is and just keep moving on but it won't go away it's a bit I, i've covered this one of the things, like people, that's why people take drugs. They want to run away from their problems, and then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Right, right, exactly. You have to address it straight on. And I think we have trouble communicating. People just don't want to sit and talk, especially with the Internet. It, people have so many quote-unquote friends, and they don't develop deep friendships as much anymore because they're – too worried about their popularity yeah. <laughs> and so they don't concentrate on the really really close friendships that i think everyone needs to have in their life yeah i 100 percent agree i think it's so difficult though i mean it's it's as you said with popularity and, and people get so people are quite sensitive now as opposed to before i'd say and if you say I had one friend, I tried being nice to them and I wanted to help them out and be nice, but because I said it, he, he, he completely 
despises me now because I gave him some advice, which I, th I even said, I'm just trying to help out and be nice. But yeah, he completely lost it with me. Because you were truthful and you weren't like an echo chamber just saying what he wanted to hear. But, you know, a good friend is is going to trust you then. If you're constantly becoming being the yes person and just telling people what, what they want to hear, then they don't trust your opinion anymore. Oh, he's just going to agree with me. So people that are your true friends, they're going to appreciate your honesty. So you keep that up. And you know what? He wasn't, I always say, he wasn't a friend worth having if he can't handle honesty. And, you know, if he's that sensitive, I feel like, the, I mean, I get it. We're all sensitive at some times. But if he's so into himself that he can't take the least little amount of honesty, uh, you know, do you want him as a friend anyway? And and let me ask you something. Was he really ever there for you? Was it all about him or was he ever really there for you? Oh, no, I've already decided to cancel the friendship. It's, um, it's, well, it's so, so, yeah, it, it was a relationship where he would want to gain a lot from me, but he wouldn't give anything back. Right. And there's so many people out there like that. And I can't, I can't figure it out why people are so into themselves now or whether it was always the case or maybe the whole world is focused on you. You know what I mean? Don't you feel like everyone is focused on themselves now even more than ever before? Or we're just noticing it now more than ever before. Maybe it's just, it's more okay to be focused on yourself. Now it's it's I've I've been battling that dilemma for so long, trying to figure out what's going on. Are people more self-centered now, or are we just noticing it more, or are they more blatantly self-centered? Now, mm. <laughs> I think, and I think this must be an interesting thing that you get as well. People have more opportunities to express their views. And that's a good and a bad thing. So if someone's having a miserable day or they're quite toxic or something, and then they maybe see someone like yourself doing well, they, they'll go, and they'll just try and look for something to insult you to make themselves try and feel better. And Right. Right. Yeah, and they used to, people used to just shove it under the rug. <laughs> and now people are more open about it, right. And because of the Internet, because people can be more anonymous online, they're a little bit more hateful. I th and I, you know, ever since I started, I, I don't mind mean comments. I really don't mind. That means people are watching. I'm fine with it. Because people say to me, why are you on YouTube? Aren't people mean? Well, for the most part, no, not to me. I guess because I'm a little bit older than <laughs> my viewers. But I don't mind the mean comments. It means they're out there. They're watching and they're interacting. And so I think it's, it's okay, but it's to a point. To a point, like you said. <laughs> you must have some very interesting stories <laughs> as a whole. Well, I think that people in general, like you said, they're more sensitive now. And they are really, really worried about what people think. And I try, and I get it, I get it, we all are. But that's, I think, the biggest battle I have with my viewers, trying to get them to stop worrying about what people think, because no matter what, you're going to have people that don't like you, whether it's because they don't like your shirt, you remind them of someone, they're jealous of you, they are jealous of your success, your looks, your 
connection in society, whatever it is, there's going to be people that don't like you and there's nothing you can do about it. And so if you sit there and try and try and try, you will just beat your head against the wall because they're still not going to like you. So just be yourself and, and whatever happens, happens. And don't be rude or awful to people, but be yourself. And don't be afraid to have an opinion. You don't need to be a yes person. Really have an opinion. And you know that. As a comedian, you know that. You have to have an opinion. And I, do you feel like, let me ask you something. Do you feel like your voice is squelched? Because some of my favorite comedians here in the United States, I, I it upsets me so much that they, they don't have a voice anymore and they can't say what they want to say. And it really bothers me. I'm really worried about our freedom of speech. Yes, I do. I think, um, yeah. Well, in the in the U, yeah, def, that's definitely going. Like with Dave Chappelle, he he had his special. He, what what happened with his special? Like people were trying to, like, oh, they were outraged by his jokes. But I think, yeah, it's much harder to have, as you say, like a real friendship and a great friendship if you're too sensitive, and you should look at the intent of what's being said. Right, right, yes, it is. It's, and I think too, people want to have a lot of friends. But the key is, I think, to just have a few close friends. If, and I tell people this all the time. I tell my viewers, if you have a few close friends in your whole life, you're doing great. And then also people worry that they lose friendships over time. And, I, and that's just a natural attrition because your life changes so your friends change. When you're single, you have a ton of friends. And maybe they're shallow friendships. And they're not deep friendships, but you need a whole bunch of people in your life to go out with, to do things with. And then when you get married, maybe your your friends change. Some drop out, but you get you gain new friendships. And then later in life, those change. So it's okay to lose friends. It's okay to drop friends. If you're just feeling negative every time you leave a conversation with somebody, maybe you don't want that person in your life. Friendship is two-way, so you don't want a one-sided friendship. Yeah. If you're always the person that drops everything to listen to their problems, and they never listen to your problems, and they're always self-centered, and they never care about you, ever. I mean, I get it. Sometimes you have something going on, and you're not able to listen to other people very well. But if it's always the case, maybe you want to put them on the back burner. You don't have to drop them completely, make it a whole dramatic thing, but you can turn the, the friendship into more of an acquaintance type relationship oh yeah i've got enough enemies as it is so i've learned to be <laughs> more politer um but it, it's yeah it's it's that's, i agree 100 percent with you and it's only sort of something that i realized recently sort of yeah. during this lockdown i i, I whilst being, who your friends are right who your real friends are yep so the type of people that i get on with most are probably people that are very busy getting on their own life like i am and like, you know, we'll have a good few chats here and there and we'll help each other out. That's what I consider a friend. Like, I don't want to be the center of your world and I don't want you to be the center of my world. I love that. Yes, exactly. And don't get too wrapped up in petty things. Yeah. You didn't do this and you didn't do that. Right. As long as you're busy, they're busy, and you don't get wrapped up in petty things and you're always there for each other when the big important problems occur. And if, if your friend's going through something, you will drop everything for them. And they will do the same for you. So they have your back and you have theirs. And that's what friendship is all about, yeah. I think.
that's yeah that's it's yeah it's um and one thing i want to ask with you how how do you um always how are you always able to come up with sort of advice and like produce content as often as you do to oh i get i get questions from my um viewers and i also go to quora I, there's a lot of questions there so i go to different places to find try to get the pulse of what people are talking about what they're concerned about but mostly it comes from my viewers they ask me questions and then i answer and i always think i'm gonna run out of ideas but you know people come up with new questions and it's it's crazy i i think to myself well wow i never thought about that and then i start to think about it and then i'm like i have to get on and talk and that's what's so great about youtube you can get on right then and there when you when you have an epiphany oh i have an answer to that question i'm going to get on right now because a lot of youtubers they have they post new videos on wednesdays and saturdays but i always post whenever i feel like it <laughs> do you that's that do, do you love that about the internet you can just post whenever you feel like it that's my only platform really is youtube but you're probably on a lot of different platforms what i what i love more than anything else about the internet is uh one thing that i've been doing with a lot of books is uh, if there's a book that i want to read i'll look at the highlights of it and see if it's worth getting and then i'll go and buy it and it's yeah whatever you want to know you don't things can get to you a lot quicker than they could before you don't have to wait around right yes that's what i love about the internet is oh i need to work better on my phone skills here's how to do a conversation on a phone or oh, here's how right. and you can interact with your viewers that's and your fans which that that is which you never could before which is great yeah it's that's it's, it's sometimes, I mean, you must have a fun time looking at some of the comments you get on your videos. You must get some really sort of ridiculous and hilarious comments that <laughs> make you day. Yes, yes, some I can't repeat. Yeah, but yes. of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and people say, well, block that person. No, it's okay. Everyone can say what they want to say. It's fine. Think... That's what I love about it. It's such a great medium. And I don't know, I mean... I, I've only been on it 10 years, but I can't imagine what life was like before, you know, I, I just, do you, rem I mean, do you even remember, well, you're so young, you probably don't, but it's just, it's, it's changed everything and you can connect with people like never before. And, and that's why I feel like, what if we had this pandemic before, like what if I, I look a lot back at the uh, 1918 flu when there wasn't this dissemination of information and a lot of people died. And, and, and so, and they couldn't, and, and they had to socially distance, whatever they called it back then. And they didn't have the connection that we have now. So I feel like that's the, that's a savior right now for us. Yeah. But the only thing about it now is I feel, yeah, talking on a phone or like seeing your friends on like doing things online doesn't, beat hanging out with your friends or having a conversation with someone it doesn't beat nothing can beat that you know it's just right right i know it's a whole nother world and it's it's tough it's tough to communicate i think people's mental health is suffering during these times but you have to figure out a way to connect as as well as you can it's just so frustrating and hard but 
I think the bottom line is, I'm no epidemiologist, but we have to, we have to social distance, we have to wear our masks, and then we have to find a way to connect, however that is. And that Zoom and Skype and, and, uh, and, the, and YouTube, I don't know, what are you doing? What are you doing to connect right now during these times? So the main thing that I'm doing at the moment is I'm running a lot of shows. So I, I run a comedy club called Instant Laughs and I'm putting a lot of live shows on. And so that's, I run, and yeah, I've just had fun testing out material, uh, having these little game shows online where I have fun with a bunch of comedians and people across the globe. And yet the best thing about the pandemic is that I get to con contact comedians from all the way in the US or Philippines that I, I mean, it would cost me thousands of pounds if I did that during normal times, but in this time I can do it for free. So you've gotten, so you've gained more friendships with other comedians because of this, would you say? Yeah. Oh, that's great. There is a, see, there is a silver lining. There is a silver lining to all this. <laughs> it's, I mean, yeah. my son, he's 25 and I can't imagine being 25 I, I, during the quarantine, but he is so great about it. He doesn't. He knows he can't go out and he doesn't and it's it's hard for him but he doesn't go out and he doesn't you know he he stays in he wears his mask and he does as little as possible and tries to connect like with zoom and and all that but it's it's, it's so hard when you're young and single you know i'm an old married person so i don't feel you know I, it doesn't affect me as much as you know as some people but it, that is really really hard and i get it but i still Isolation is huge, and thank goodness he's with me because, you know, if you're single and isolated, that's really, really tough. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's well, I've got my parents here, so that's good. And you know, there's the goldfish there. I, I just said, but um, yeah, there's moments. Are you where... able to visit them? Are you able to? Are, do you live with them? Or are you able to visit them? Are you quarantining with them? Are they near? Can you? No, I'm with them at the moment, so that's good. <laughs> oh, great. Oh, great. Oh, that's oh, that's so... So you're okay. So that's wonderful. See, that must be a godsend for you to be able to be with them. It is. It is. But we drive each other mad at times. <laughs> I know. But you know what? I, and I tell my son this all the time. You, you're going to look back at this time, and you're going to be so thankful you had this time with your parents because it's fleeting. And I know that my time with my son is fleeting and I know that. And so I cherish every moment and I know this is hard for you, but you're going to look back and you're going to be so thankful you spent this time with them and that you're able to quarantine with them. Yeah. You know, that is so wonderful. Yeah. I won't, I don't realize that yet, but when I'm like, four, <laughs> when I'm... you will, you will believe me. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be a bit strange if I thank the quarantine for the time it gave my my parents. <laughs> I, I, and you'll be closer to them. You know, you'll be closer to them because of this. And yeah. they're probably so thankful that you're you're with them too. I mean, there's so many people there. Um, they're they're by themselves and they're away from their family. And those are the people I really worry about. Yeah, it's it's no, it's I think it's hard for everyone because there's moments where I get depressed as well. But it lasts for maybe about a half an hour or an hour, and then I work on something, and then it goes away. Right, right. That's it. Just stay busy. Try, focus on your work. And what I tell people, too, is try to find a goal every day, whatever it is you're doing. 
Like if you if um if you work in sales, get somebody on the phone longer, <laughs> you know, or in your line of work, talk to another comedian, someone in your line of work, and prop each other up and support each other. It's and connect with someone every single day. Yeah, find little ways to connect and and create a new goal, even a tiny little goal every day, and we'll get through this. That's what Tyson Fury said. He said, because <laughs> he, he, you know the story of him, he wanted to commit suicide. And one of the things he says that's kept him going is that that's what he does. He keeps a goal going every day. Like he doesn't take any tablets or anything like that. He just keeps himself busy. Right, right, exactly. And we will get through this and it will go fast. The time will go fast and we will get through this. There'll be a vaccine. You know, and we'll, we're, I'm just so used to wearing masks every day and it'll be, I'm just looking forward to the day when there's freedom. So just, it's, it's in the future. We don't know when, but there will be a day. <laughs> what, um, to be honest, what did go into my head is I was just thinking like, you know, I've seen Laurie adverts and TV, but what are they going to, what's it going to be like when they start using it for the masks? <laughs> <laughs> when they start using what? When they like perfume or makeup or like you see these beauty adverts with l'oreal or givenchy and they say um gas mask uh, l'oreal gas mask because you're worth it and i just feel that <laughs> <laughs> i know and everyone's selling them my favorite clothing stores are selling them and they're very fashionable see <laughs> there are there are ways to get through this and just have some fun too. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's funny before th this whole thing happened, like you'd see a lot of people from China, they always wear the gas masks. And it's... That's what my husband was saying. It's like they, they've been wearing masks for years and they're fine with it. So we can be too. <laughs> it, it's funny though, the way, because myself as well included, I used to think it was a bit stupid and silly, but then now, now this has happened. I'm like, right, I'm going to make sure I wear masks more often. Right. I used to, when the pandemic first started, I was one of the few people that would wear the mask at the grocery store. And I would just dodge people that didn't have them on and just dart away from them and give them dirty looks. My husband said, don't do that. But now our, our city and our county has a mask law. And so now going to the grocery store is so much less stressful. Everyone has a mask and I, I, oh, it's so much better. And I'm so thankful. So it's not this, it's still a little stressful going to the grocery store, but it's much less stressful than before. I don't have to dodge everyone. I still try to stay away, you know, I'm six feet away, but I'm not like dodging people and running away when I see someone without a mask because everyone is law abiding. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah that, that's but that, i wish that was commonplace everywhere because i've seen i do too yes oh. <laughs> i've seen those pictures of um these guys in america they'll they're eating apples or something and then they're putting them back they're like having us just having a little bite and they'll put it back and then in the in the uk in leicester square there was thousands of them partying on saturday when the pubs opened yeah, what was that like when the pubs opened? Well, I didn't go out, so I'm lucky. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, how do you social distance at a pub? I know, and I saw we saw it on the news. We saw that on the television. Ugh. It was. I know it's just it's it's a balancing act. I feel like we want the businesses to do well, but we need to social distance. So <laughs> I know it's hard. Well, balancing act. Yeah, it's too much of anything. It makes you sick. You got to right, right, right. <laughs> But the thing that I find quite interesting, yeah, you said something about being single and it'd be difficult. Yeah, I think it's going to be quite interesting because, you know, if people go into bars now with the mask and they're trying to chat someone up, it's a bit, I mean, it's not going to stop people, but it'd be a little bit more difficult and it'd be a bit funny. I, I know we have like here, um, we see on the news people in these outdoor bar areas just at these lakes just crowding together not caring and, the, and it, it's just it's so upsetting i see it and, and we just watch this i'm like what's going on and my son who's that age he's like i would never do that and i don't they they they're, they think they're invincible but the, what they don't understand is they could they could get it and they could give it to someone else and they're being selfish and it really bothers me yeah it really does that's and it goes to the heart of the saying what you said before about us being more self-centered now than we were before exactly yes yes they don't care and they and they say well it's my freedom it's not you're you're getting people sick no that's it's a public health concern it's not about your freedom it's a public health concern really really upsetting and i think we're gonna look back at this and just oh and just shudder when we see those scenes, you know, and I, and I get it. I understand it. I, I think about the single people and I've read articles, you know, they're really, really tough being single and, and in this, in this climate, but you know, and I, and I, I feel for, I feel for everyone who is, but thank goodness, like you're living with your parents, you know, and I see that a lot of young people are back at home with their parents more than ever and i think that is so wonderful it's such a it's a, such a heartwarming thing to see yeah i'd much rather be in a position though i feel that i don't know that something i came back from france because of the virus i was doing some sort of um course over there and um I, i'd much rather be in a position where i help them out rather than they've had to help me out it's right right Right. And you might feel that you want to stay there longer with your parents. Do you think that? Do you think you, you'll want to stay longer with your parents past the pandemic? Um, saving money? <laughs> not, I'd say, no? <laughs> no, I'd say probably not. No, <laughs> because uh, I want to, I want to, I think it's better. I, I'm more resourceful and be able to help them out more if I get out and do things. Rather right. Than... No, no, I understand. Yeah. Yeah, I get, that's why it's fleeting, you know, and, and you'll look back, you'll look back on this time, like I said, and be happy you did it. And that will be your silver lining. If someone asks you down the road, well, what was the silver lining? And you'll say it was, was spending time with my parents during the pandemic. Everyone, I think, has a silver lining. You know, that's... And that will be yours. <laughs> that's something that, that's a message that you could, for people that you're saying that are being irresponsible getting them to think about what they're going to be a member for during this time it's will get them to stop 
if they could get that message, then that would probably stop them from doing what they're doing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I know. But I think also um, this working remotely, I think it would have taken 30 years to get people to work at home. And now it happened in about three months. Now everyone's, or not, I, I've read 30% of the population's working at home, working remotely. And I just feel like, wow, that's huge, getting the cars off the road. So that's another silver lining to me. <laughs> yeah, I saw. Helping the environment, yeah. It's, it is, I mean, but I think just human nature, I think whatever, even though things are going to be better, I think it's inevitable. Uh, I hopefully I'm wrong, but I feel that the way humans are, we, we, we're, we're too impulsive. We often, most of us don't think about the long-term thing. And if there's a saying that I often put, if you give, if you had success and you, if you gave people two choices, like the hard success where it's bigger, but maybe it takes 10 years to achieve. But if they had the McDonald's success, that would maybe take one week, but it would be significantly less. Most people, if they're honest with them, will probably choose the McDonald's version. Right. I know. I know. They don't see the long-term picture. I know it's a problem. You should come over here when the pandemic is over. Have you been to the States? I love America. Uh, it's, I love Popeyes. I'm a big fan of, um, frozen yogurt. Chicken pot pie? Is that, you're a big fan of chicken pot pie? Is that what you said? Pot pies? Popeyes. Yeah. Love it. Popeyes. Oh, Popeyes chicken. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, that is really good. Okay. Yeah, I love it. So where have you been? Where have you been in the United States? Oh, I did a, uh, about three years ago, I did a big three-month gig tour in like Chicago, New York, and LA. So that was... Oh, did okay. What did you love about... I just always like to hear the um, perspectives of the United States from people abroad. So where, which city did you like the most? What did you find you, you liked about each city? So <laughs> I think that each each yeah I each one brought its own value, but I think what I liked about the whole visit as a whole made me think that I don't want to be in the same I don't want to spend my whole life in London. I've, I would much I think I definitely see myself living in another country. Uh, it's like when you travel abroad, you see things in such a wider wider way rather than if you're just in your home nation. That's the biggest thing. Um, but I love, love, like, I love, like the hospitality of Americans towards Brits. Uh, well, when up to me anyway, the hospitality was really lovely. Um, I stayed with a lot of, uh, family friends and a few, um, relatives in LA and New York. And I enjoyed, I just enjoyed everything about it. It was just absorbing a different culture, uh, seeing a different style of stand up. And just networking with different people and meeting different people, seeing things from a different lens. What about the audience here? Is the audience here different? What do you find the differences are here than in the UK, the audiences? So simply put, I think Americans, you guys deal more better with dark humor and dirty jokes more so than the UK. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, we hear about the Brits' stiff upper lip and that they're not as friendly, but that I haven't found that. I think 
you guys are just as friendly as we are here. <laughs> I don't know where that stereotype came from. I think that's just the big city thing. So in, in New York right. and London, people are busy yeah. with their own lives, so they don't really want to be too friendly. Right, right. Yeah. I love Chicago. I, that's pretty, it's only about five hour drive from here. I love Chicago. That's one of my favorite cities. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. I, I love, uh, I, I don't get what the big rivalry between Chicago and New York is though. With the, with, like in Chicago, they say if you put ketchup on your hot dog, it's a funny thing. I never got that. <laughs> I didn't know that either. Okay. <laughs> It's, but it, I love the, Chicago reminded me a lot of London, but it was. Oh, yes. What, what were the similarities? It had a Nando's and I've, in every other part of America, they didn't have Nando's. Nando's is a chicken place in the UK. Oh, okay. No. Okay. It, it just. The way the s streets looked, the way the the areas are, it just reminded me so much of London. Whilst New York is like London, but a hundred times quicker and more miserable and a bit more aggressive. <laughs> okay, I love that. That's funny. Where are you off to then after the pandemic? Is that where are you going to be off to? So one thing I want to do is I want to put myself. I'll spend a bit more time in here, just getting my affairs in order. And then I've, I want to go back to France because I want to complete the course that I was doing. And I want to become fluent in French. So I'll probably spend a bit of time there in Paris. And then I want to, I probably want to go to Boston because that's a big comedy scene where a lot of good comedians came from. And when I went over there, it was very impressive how good they were. So I want to go over there. And then I'll probably see myself spending a lot of time in New York and LA after that. Oh, okay. Yes, I love stand up. I love you. Got to come to St. Louis. Oh, I yeah. We love stand up here. I, I think here we love stand up all over <laughs> the U.S. We're just big stand up. Well, you know that. Yeah, everywhere. We it, love our comp. We love our comedians here. <laughs> it's where stand up started. It's where it's New York's the birthplace of stand up. They say. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I guess it would make sense. Of course. Yeah. 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 I, I like American style of stand up. It's more um, stream of consciousness. It, it's very rhythm based in the UK. They have a joke. They'll say one statement. They'll say like, I walked in the park. It's nice, pretty, but then it's, it's hard. It's less, it's, yeah, it's, do you know about the stream of consciousness? Yeah, I like the stream of consciousness style too because I like it. It's more like a conversation, so I like that. And it's more about people's lives. I, I like the comedians that draw from their own lives. So you'll have a lot of material living with your parents. I get that's another silver lining, right? <laughs> yeah, it is definitely. But it'll probably be too charted by a lot of other comics as well. So yeah. Be, but then again. Uh, as Lily Singh said, just because two people are doing the same thing, they don't need to do it the same way. Right. Everyone, everyone comes away with a different experience. Right. <sighs> it's 
Yeah, we'll see. I, I, but I think Britain has a more variety of start of stand-ups. So, like, there's more people like Sacha Baron Cohen. Um, they do a lot of characters, clowning, whilst America's more straight-laced with its comedy. Yeah. Do you like Kathy Griffin? She's one of my favorites. I love her. Kathy <laughs> Griffin. I have heard the name, but I'll have... Yeah. She's... And the late Joan Rivers. I'm showing my age, but the late Joan Rivers. Oh. Uh, I don't know. I, I like the female comics, I guess, because I can good. relate. <laughs> she, she's, she's amazing. I love her ballsy attitude. Yes. Yes. And you talk about dirty jokes. Yeah, she was, she was a legend. I still... In fact, it's so funny because I... On YouTube, you know how you go on YouTube and you get recommended different videos? At every single Joan Rivers appearance on every show is on YouTube and it's constantly recommended to me. And I've watched every one, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's she's she's incredible. It's 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 a shame. And I like Sarah Silverman as well. Yes, yes. Yes. She's... I know I'm gonna like you. I'm gonna watch you. I haven't seen any. I'm gonna watch you. I'm, I haven't seen any of your performances, but now I'm. I know I'm gonna be a fan. <laughs> it's. Oh, I'm definitely not like them in any way. <laughs> <laughs> but you appreciate different styles. Yeah. You'll you'll see. I'm I'm very um, deadpan and a bit surreal and a bit more clownish than them. That's good though. That's fun. <laughs> Not when it goes terribly, though. <laughs> uh, that's okay. Yeah, how do you bounce back from that? Like, if you have, you ever have a bad show where you're just you're just not feeling it and you can't get the response that you want, then what do you? How do you deal with that? has got to be hard too. But every every comedian has that, right? Yeah, it, it's something that I'm used. I've gotten through it, but um, it depends. If you're doing the same type of gigs, then it doesn't affect you that much. But I think um, I have to think about them because I've, I've, yeah, it doesn't affect me that much anymore, except if it's an important gig or gig that right, may- right. Well, maybe you think maybe it's going well, but you don't relate. You can't. Um, you're not getting the reaction that you want. Maybe you don't re- um, relate to an audience as well. Do you find that? Because I've seen I've seen comics and they just can't. Somehow they're they're not connecting with the audience like I I think they want to. You can almost see that. Do you ever have that where you're not connecting the way you want to? Yes, uh, a lot in the Edinburgh Fringe. Have you been to the Edinburgh Fringe? No. Okay, so it's every obviously it's not in this year, but it's like you and your family or anyone like that, anyone anyone would would love to go down there because it's the biggest arts festival in the world and it's got comedians from across the globe. So many different types of comedians, and you absolutely love it. If you like stand-up comedy, Edinburgh is amazing for. Oh, it. I have to go. Yeah. It's it's for a month, and um, yeah, if if you're down there, you let me know, and I can give you a few recommendations if you want. Oh, that'd be great. Do you go every year? Well, uh, before the pandemic. <laughs> I went last year, and I did a show called Rice and Chips because I'm half white and I'm half Chinese. So I thought I'd talk about that. Um, but yeah, I, I did. It went, it went okay, but it went really well when I failed. So when I was doing some magic tricks and it failed, uh, that's when it got a lot better. So, oh, that's funny. So you've really learned from that experience. 
so I went over to um, Philip Gaudier, who's coached like Helen both and Carter and such about Cohen to do clowning. And so, yeah, that's that's where I was in France, and it's yeah, it's it's amazing Edinburgh. See, really, okay. So, how did you get? How did you get started? How did you get started? Because you asked me how I got started. How did you get started in comedy? I I got started in comedy because one of well, I've always wanted to do it. I've always been a fan of watching on TV, um, and my friends have always said that I was very funny and I should give it a go. And that's why. I, and I looked at my university newspaper, saw that they did a gig, and I just started from there really. So you were hooked. You yeah. were hooked from there. As soon as I got my first gig, got a laugh, and I've never really looked back. And I'll probably be doing it for a very long time. Oh, you will. Yeah, yeah. Person, I mean, it's you got to have good. It's probably ups and downs, right? Good times and bad times, and well, sometimes you're doing better than other times, and you just you just get through it. Uh, I'm getting better each year I do it, so that's what keeps me going. Um. Yeah, it's the feeling. It's like, I don't do drugs, but um, the people who are on crystal meth, or I watched a documentary on drugs, and people who are on crack or crystal meth, they say they take the first bit of it, and it's the best feeling they ever get, and they try and recreate that feeling. And it's a bit, in a way, the same with comedy. And, you know, I, I always, when when I talk to people who are doing well in their field, like you are, they say that the best time was when they were struggling at the bottom. And and when they got to the top, it wasn't nearly as fun. It's the goal. It's working on, it's trying to reach your goal. Would you say that's it? Trying to reach your goal, that's the most fun, not when you are at the pinnacle of your success? I haven't got to the pinnacle, so I can't really say that yet. Uh, (laughs) And I don't think that's going to happen for a while. But I'm... I am enjoying the process. I'm not going to stop doing it. And anything bad that happens just motivates me more, really. Exactly. Exactly. And that's how you keep going during these times. Right. Because rather than treat it, yeah, well, it just gives you more reason to do it. If if people doubt you or if you do badly at something, it makes you want to do it more. Right. And are your parents encouraging? Were they always encouraging? They, my mum being, so being Asian, um, there's a, a lot of them want you to do a certain, it's it's indoctrinated that you have to do a certain thing. They don't like right. you to do your own thing. And nearly everyone on the Asian side are not doing their own thing. So my mum especially, and even a little bit now, is not too approving of it. But um, now that they've seen me do it and they know that I'm committed to it and they've seen me perform... They are quite behind me, and they believe that I can do it. So, so they're coming around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're really traditional, and it's hard to see. Okay, well, can you really make a living doing that? But yes, do what you love, and you can make a living. <laughs> it's exactly what you do. I mean, it's the best feeling in the world. What you, right. What you must be doing, the pleasure you get from helping other people, getting good. Oh, comments. absolutely. Yes. Yes, definitely. No question. And you can find a way, find a way to make a living. And, and you keep, and then when you love it, people see that. And then you, and it, you've seen it, you get, you realize more success. 
because you love it, because you're getting the feedback and it just, it feeds on, on itself and you, you perform better because you're getting the, the good feedback that you need and you're excelling. Yeah, that's, but I'm definitely at the bit where it's struggling, but I'm getting better at it. And well, I think it's a bigger reward when you struggle than when it's easy. Exactly. And that's You're going to look back and you're going to say, that was my best time when I was struggling because the, because then the little accomplishments mean more. That's yeah. But I won't see that now until it's actually done. <laughs> right, right, right. Everyone's life is sort of on hold. I know. <laughs> it's yeah. It's funny with a lot of things until you're in the, in, in, in a bit you don't get to see it it's like when you're away from your family you don't really appreciate them until you're back with them again right exactly yeah we'll get through strong <laughs> right 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 uh, what, what um what can I, what was the sort of moment where things started to pick up in terms of your advice i think um after my first year it was hard. Everyone's first year, whatever they do new is hard. But after the first year, I think things really came or came together. I started getting more subscribers and more views. And then it just snowballed from there. I, I feel like it's, it's, it's momentum. It's picking up that momentum. Have you tried, have you done, I know you're on a lot of platforms. Have you done YouTube? I'll have to follow you if you are you on YouTube also? Yeah, I've got a YouTube channel called Rice and Chips One, and then I use one for the podcast channel. Okay, Rice and Chips One. Okay, all right, I'll subscribe. But do you feel the same way? I mean, you you start to get the momentum, and then it keeps going. And it, and I, I hear from a lot of early YouTubers, it's really hard, and I think it's even harder now because there's so much content. I think it was easier. I know it was easier 10 years ago to get started. It's hard to get started now, but just keep it up. When did you start your YouTube channel? So I started the YouTube channel, I think maybe in 2016, and I did my comedy club one, which was Instant Laughs. But the, and I've got with the other channel, Rice and Chips. I didn't really have as much motivate. I wouldn't have done it because I saw other people doing it, but there wasn't any real value behind it. I didn't like with the podcast thing that I'm doing now. I'm enjoying that a lot, and I see that there's more value that I can bring from it, doing it and talking about it. Um. So in regards to YouTube for my comedy club and comedy, uh, I'm going to focus more on like Instagram and TikTok for that. Right. It's 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 finding your platform. I think that's it. Some people do better um, on their with podcasts. Some people do better on different platforms like TikTok or uh, there's other ones. I don't know what they're, but um, or YouTube. It just depends. You just you find your niche. And I've done better on YouTube than podcasts, but you maybe had more success on podcasts. It just totally depends. It's where you find your audience, and that's what's so great right now. Is you just find your niche, find your place in the world. <laughs> And then go with that. Yeah. It's, I've watched a few, um, there's this thing in London called London YouTubers. And one of the ladies was interviewing like successful YouTubers. 
And one of the things that's made them sort of successful and that I've sort of learned from them as well is that they really enjoy the content they're doing. And there's a lot of intrinsic meaning behind what they're doing with the channels. And that's what I feel with the podcast I'm doing. And with doing my comedy stuff on TikTok and Instagram, I feel there's more intrinsic value I can bring and that I enjoy. Whilst when I did it on YouTube, I just felt like I was doing it for the sake of doing it. Right, right. Yeah. And there'll be another one too. <laughs> yeah. There'll be some other app that comes out too. And then it's just always changing and evolving. Right. Yeah. And do you do a lot of live? I think I saw you on Facebook too. I think you do a lot of live. Well, uh, now you do, right? Now you do a lot of live. Yeah, I do. I'm Content. doing. I'm doing a lot of, um, so I'm doing stuff at the comedy club. I'm doing stuff, a few sketches on Facebook. Um, yeah, just testing it out and I'm enjoying it. It's it's fun. It's just having a fun trying things out and playing with things. Right, right. And and I'm always intrigued by all the new apps that are, what will be the next great big thing? <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> I mean, it, the story of TikTok's quite funny. And I hear, I hear that it may get banned in Hong Kong and in America. I know, I know. And it's so, it's so different from YouTube too. I just, uh, I just, I love the variety and I think we need more. People. Yeah. And that's one of the things at the moment, I'm not quite at the stage where I don't give a shit about people's opinions or care about other people that much. <laughs> that's what one of my aims is to get really close to not caring about what people think or say about me yeah we get that you know everyone i always say don't never don't not care at all but maybe a little bit less than we do i think we're all guilty of that we all worry and 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 you have to worry a little bit you don't want to offend people but by the same token if you worry so much about what people think you'll become a yes person and a doormat and you don't want that so you have to stand up for yourself but also care about other people. It's just a balancing act, the way I look at it. And you become boring. Right, right, exactly, right. And people, and if you just tell people, like I said earlier, if you just tell people what they want to hear, then they won't trust you. They won't trust your opinion about anything because they know you're just going to agree with them. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, but yeah, we're too affected by other people's opinions. I think being aware, yeah, it's good to pay attention, but not let it affect you. Because if you start letting things affect you, as you said, doormat, and it's you're not in control of yourself. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, we've got to, um, you just, and I know that people nowadays are really concerned about talking about anything controversial. In fact, I just got a comment on my YouTube um, channels, a viewer wanted to know, like, can they talk about anything controversial, politics or religion? And, I, and I'm still mulling that in my head how to respond because I used to say, oh, yeah, you know, talk about, be, be an interesting person, talk about politics, talk about religion, everything, don't be afraid. But now everything, is, especially in this country, is so polarized that you, you do have to be careful. You can maybe start to go in that direction, but if you see someone get really offended, change the subject. That's what I always tell people. Ah. Don't get to the point where you're offending someone and you're getting 
someone upset and you see their emotions getting really high, don't don't let it go there. <laughs> that's and that's the problem of being too sensitive. Because I've I remember I worked in a project with one person and I gave as I said I gave them a bit of advice and I tried being nice about it. They completely lost it and I was thinking to them, if they're looking at if it was someone malicious and they acted like that, then you're just giving them tons to work with. Right, right. And and that person too could be a little jealous of you. And and so they could use whatever you say as a way to put you down. Ooh. So, and, <laughs> you know, and, and that so then you have to take a step back. And you're like, well, how how valuable is this friendship to me? And you think back, okay, well, was this person ever there for me when I needed them? And I know you've always stepped up for them, but they have have they done the same for you in the past? You have to reevaluate every once in a while your friendships. Hmm. That's martial arts. They say that you thinking is the enemy, but I'm not too sure if that's. I think maybe if you're fighting, yes, but not outside of that. Right, right. And it's it's okay to drop a, a friend. You don't need a reason. You can drop a friend. You can be friends with whoever you want to be friends with, and you don't need a reason. If you're not getting a good feeling from someone, it's okay. You don't have to be friends with that person. You don't have to be some dramatic blocking them from everything. Just take a step back and turn it into more of an acquaintance-type relationship. One, one thing that's always intrigued me is your gut is always, is often more right than your head. Exactly. If you're getting a bad feeling, take a step back. And and I think people think, well, if they drop a friendship, it's got to be this big, dramatic thing, and they burn the bridge. I don't think so. I think you just become a little less available, and you become more... You're, you're, you're not as close to that person anymore. Maybe they're more of an acquaintance. And, you know, people do change. You could find down the road you both matured, and you could rekindle that friendship. And that does happen a lot. And as your life changes and their life changes. Yeah, you don't know where things are going to go. Right, it? right. Yeah, I may I may end up being a bodybuilder or something. You know? uh, right, and, <laughs> you know, when... Like right now, when you're single, you have a certain amount of friends. But then when you get married, that might change. And then your single friends might feel left out. But then they'll get married and you'll feel inclusive again. And then you might feel like, well, yes, I want to, even though I'm married, I want to have single friends. I don't want to lose them just because I'm in a different life situation. I want to hold on to them. And you should. You don't have to have friends that are just like you. People think, oh, I need only friends who I have something in common with. No, because those people are often more competitive with you. Like for instance, yeah. all your friends are comedians, right? You have friends in other fields and that is great because then you don't feel competitive towards them. Would you say? I'd say I've got a good number in other fields, but I'm a bit scared of being too close to other comedians because it's I've found in the past that if, well, if you're fairly nice and honest and all right, a lot of people will try and twist that to their own advantage. A lot of people want to take shortcuts. So, um, as you said, you got it's the quality of friends. So, I, I I've got a, f a number of comedians I'm close with, a lot that I'm I'm okay with, but, and I've got a lot, a few, quite a few people that I'm friends with outside of comedy and performing arts. That's perfect, right? 
and and the people the comedians that you're close to they don't you don't feel competitive with or you feel a little competitive but it's not negative would that be i mean do you feel like you compete a little bit and maybe some things are you shouldn't talk about because they might get jealous of you at some point you might be jealous of them or you may feel a little competitive at some points maybe your career is is more on the upswing and theirs isn't and then how do you deal with that i i don't if i'd be honest and this is not being funny or anything occasionally i may get a, what 0.5 percent of jealousy but it's it's not really that much because i i the overriding feeling is if someone else does well so can you and you can right, learn from good, that. good. You use it. You, if you, they help you succeed because you bounce ideas off each other, probably right, and then, and you know, they motivate you, and you motivate them. So it's not about competitiveness; it's about bringing each other up. Would that be the case? Yes, that's 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 what I want to focus on with people that I let in now, because I want to be brought right. up. I don't want to be brought down, and. Right. Yeah, the most most of the people that I'm going to decide to let in from now on are going to be people that bring me up, and that there isn't going to be much of a competitive thing in there. But yeah, lift each other up, sort of thing. If I if I got a bad feeling, or if I feel they're a bit yeah, if I got a bad feeling about someone now, I'm not going to go near them or work with them, and that's a mistake that I made in the past, and it's come back to we all me. have. Don't worry, <laughs> everyone's done that. <laughs> And also, I'm not good at dealing with famous people. It's something I either act a bit rude or I'm a bit awkward around them. It's not sort of anything in between. Right, but when you get to know them, you realize they're just another person. And then it gets easier, right? Would you say, have you ever gotten to know a famous person? And then you're like, oh, they're just like me. And why was I so nervous around them? And why did I feel intimidated? Or there's no reason to. Right. I wish, yeah, that's what I want to say to myself. But every time it happens, my mind gets into a. I wish, I want, I want my mind not to do that, but it keeps doing that. And I haven't yet, there are a few people, like in the, one of the places that I run comedy gigs, there's a point where I didn't necessarily get on with some of the staff, but now we've got to know each other. We've got quite a close bond. Right. Yes. Because they're just like you and me. <laughs> But yet, and I think some of them are even, I think people are so intimidated by them that they don't have a lot of close friends because of that. So I think we've got to look at these famous people uh, that are just like us. <laughs> and I think also one thing, yes, one thing I find a bit funny with people like, I mean, you might not, not like Conor McGregor or like John Jones or some of these famous people that have been criticized and said that they are a horrible person. You don't know what that person's done to them or what their situation is like to say that this person's this and that because, I mean, they must be getting all sorts of sh crap and all sorts of people trying to take things off them, doing funny things to them, which isn't easy to deal with. Right, right. Yeah, you don't know what people have gone through. Like, people ask me, well, I have a friend, they'll say, I have a friend who's not talking to me right now, who won't let me into their life, who... You know, they're being distant. And I always say, look, you don't know what they're going through. Give them some time because they could be going through some really serious issues that maybe they don't want to talk about. So respect that. Give them time and see if they come around. And just 
tell them, look, I don't know what you're going through, but I'm here for you if you ever need to talk about anything. So you don't need to pry, just say, I'm here for you, whatever you need. I'm, I'm going to be here for you. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, what was a bit, I've forgotten already now. I wanted to ask a question, but I've forgotten it. <laughs> oh, I do that all the time. But yeah, just be there for people. I feel like, and you don't necessarily need to know what's going on in someone's life, but just so that they know that you, if they do want to talk about it, that you're there, but don't pry the way I look at it. Yeah. Sometimes I get a bit nervous when someone's a bit too, uh, do you know Robert Greene? No. He's got this book called the 48 laws of power or something. It's not something, it's just. I've been, uh, there's a lot of books that I've ordered to try and help them with some of the weaknesses I think I have. And he says one of them is something about trust and it needs to always take time. Like you, you need to do things like maybe dangle a fruit to see what someone's really like or see the way they talk about others rather than. Exactly. Right. Right. You have to. And I, and I get this all the time. People say, well, if I share a lot with someone, I'll get closer. No, no, because if you share a lot of personal information with someone, you won't get closer to them because they could gossip behind your back if you don't know them well, you don't know. And they could be asking you personal information in order to gossip about you. So take friendships, all relationships really slowly. You've got to find out how this person interacts with other people. If you see them talking behind someone else's back, they're going to talk behind your back. Yeah. So be really careful. Revealing personal information to someone will not make you closer to them. <laughs> no, you could become the subject of gossip. So be very, very careful. And yes, close friendships develop over time. Take them very slowly. And there's no rush for it. And also like a good relationship as well. Right. I'm pretty sure with a lot of good relationships you, you've had, they've not just gone, it's like sort right. of, you, like with your right. husband or people like you Crash get to know burn. them. Crash and burn, right, yes, yes. <laughs> right, yes, these whirlwind romances, uh, sometimes they work, but most of the time they don't. Usually it's slow and steady. <laughs> the Disney lie, people say. Right, right, yeah, just take things slowly. And then people say, well, I'm going to end up in the friend zone. Well, you would anyway. If someone just wants to be your friend, it doesn't matter how quickly or not quickly the relationship evolves, you're going to be a friend. Probably they'll figure it out right away. And you're not going to get in or out of that friend zone, depending on how you act. <laughs> yeah, they. I mean, it's... And also, people will be more attracted to you if you're not so bothered by them. Right. Don't try to... Yeah, you don't need to try so hard. Just be yourself. And that's what I always say, just be yourself. And if they don't like it, they're not for you anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, that, that's a thing. I mean, in situations, some, I'm quite talkative and I'm quite open a lot of times, but that I've, I have, I've figured out that it's quite dangerous with a lot of people. And it's, yeah, you just got to, it's easier said than done now when you're put into situations. And it's something that I want to try and entrench in my mind to be, I want to be someone that's more quiet and take my time with things rather than. Right. But right. Right. I'll drink a beer or I'll do something like this or like 
there'll be opportunity. I say I want to do this, but you know, your mind will let you down sometimes. <laughs> I know, I know, but you know, people, people say, well, it's cliche to be yourself. I know everyone says be yourself, but it's so important because if you put on some kind of a, a false uh, image of who you are because of what you think that person wants in, in a relationship, they, who, who you think that they want to be with, your true self is going to come out anyway at some point. So you might as well put yourself out there right away. Just be yourself. They don't like it. So what? You're not meant to be with that person anyway then. Yeah, I get a bit I get a bit worried sometimes when someone's too nice. Like in in the <laughs> it it's in in the some of the places I've been to and I'm sure I mean there's this, a couple of blokes and like I seen their true colors, but everyone says, "Oh, they're super nice." And it's a bit like I'm. I, I would never consider myself super smart, but I'm. I don't consider myself a complete idiot. But it's a bit. If I can see it, how come they can't see it? Sort of thing. Right, they're being fake. Right. Yeah. <sighs> if someone keeps doing things, oh, I hope this child do this, or they keep plastering, they've done nice things all the time. I get it's a bit. You don't need to keep doing it. Why do you have to keep trying to convince everyone that you're nice? Right, like you're trying too hard, and it really shows. Yeah, that's a lot of effort. I know, and you can't keep that up. You can't keep this false image up. It's too exhausting, like being the popular kid in high school. I think those people have a lot of work to do because they they are not themselves, and they have to keep up this false image, this fake image, and it's a lot of work. So people think, oh, being the popular kid in high school is so much fun. I don't think so. I think it's a lot of work, and they can't be themselves where the nerdy kids, they're just themselves. And then they move on from high school and they do a lot better. The popular people, they can't go past high school because that was the best time in their lives. And then everything oh. past that is a disappointment. So it's better to be the nerdy kid in high school the way I look at it. Yeah. Good things come to those who wait. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. No, it's it's been it's been a lovely chat. It's been good. It's been... Oh, thank you so much for having me. I love talking to you. Now I'm I'm I gotta watch you. I gotta find you <laughs> <laughs> online, and, and I'll watch you when you come here. Let me know when you'll be in the U.S. I after will. the pandemic. I will. Uh, w one thing that I want to ask you: these two questions I like to ask, and oh, sure. what is a quote that you'd like to live your life by? Be honest and be true to yourself and things will all work out. And what advice would you give to your younger self? Oh gosh, not to worry so much about the future. And I still have to give myself that I'm constantly worrying. Hmm. <laughs> and because I, I just, I, I find myself just constantly worried. And that's one of the silver linings, like we talked about earlier of the pandemic, I know where my husband and son are all the time. And when they, when they go out, then when the pandemic is over, I'll be like, well, they're 10 minutes later, they dead in a ditch somewhere. You know, that's me. I just, I'm going to try to be calmer and not worry so much. And that's like impossible for someone with my mentality. And, but I'm going to try. And we always have our, our goals, right? Every day. Yeah. <laughs> Makes things exciting. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, 
yeah, it's. I'll, I'll message you some links, like for the okay. Edinburgh Fringe okay. and all that. And yeah, um, I'll, hopefully I'll see you when I'm in America. <laughs> <laughs>